I want to talk today, it's interesting, uh, in most weeks I think people get up and they say, oh, what I'm going to talk about kind of came out in the worship, um, and which is always exciting when you're, when you're going to preach, um, to realise, I got it right, God is speaking, I'm on the right track at least. And um, I want to speak today about spiritual authority, I want to speak from quite a famous passage, Matthew 28, verse 18, where Jesus... Um, it's often referred to as the Great Commission, where Jesus tells his disciples, right, game on, time to go, time to start reaching the nations, which um, came out in the worship, which was exciting. And it's something that God's been speaking to us um, as a church about, I think, for the, for the last kind of six months or so, um, in various ways, through various words, in different settings, in church, in um, small groups, in, in kind of life groups together. And... Oh, that's a nice tune. <laughs> trying to make me dance. You're gonna. Um, would someone just get me a, a glass of water? Does anyone mind just? Thank you. Oh, there's none at the back. Sorry. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, Darren. <laughs> I could say you need the exercise, but that would be mean. <laughs> That'd be out of order, so I won't say that. Um, <laughs> right. But um, it, so, so this 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 message of actually, it's not just about us. It's not just about what goes on here on a Sunday afternoon. There's a bigger mission. There's a bigger plan uh, that that God is that God is about, and we're called to be part of that. And it, and it's been it's felt like the last six months or so, God's been stirring our hearts as a church, thinking, well, what 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 comes next? What does God want us to do? How do we reach out to those around us with God's love? And the grace that he's, he's poured into our life. And even Angela Kem, when she came, as many of you will remember, she came uh, to, uh, for a weekend. And, um, and, and on, a, on the Friday night, we had a, had a time of worship and a time of ministry. She said she was expecting to come and to minister to people. She thought, you know, she'd be, she'd minister to people who were broken or, or, you know, needed prayer for something. And actually, the, the evening turned into almost like a prayer meeting for revival. And she was just blown away by that in terms of where God's brought us to um, as a church. And recently as well, um, a few of us have been um, experimenting, going out doing treasure hunting, where they, where, where they go out and they... Thank you very much, Darren. Where they go out and they... Um, they, they Pray before and listen to what listen to what God says um, for prophetic words for, for for complete strangers and and some of the people amongst us have been out and doing that in Solihull, which is both incredibly exciting and incredibly scary. And we'll hear some testimonies, some stories from those guys at some point soon, I'm sure, because it's really exciting. Um, and so, um, what, and what I feel God laid on my heart is that I feel He wants me to talk today about our authority, our authority to go. And that actually we're not just, He's not just kind of wound us up like um, little clockwork mice and put us down and set us off, but actually He's given us His authority um, to, to go out on His behalf and reach the nations. Psalm 24 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. There's a sense that actually we have we have an we have authority in the world. We're not just this group of um, Christians, this group of people who are kind of battened down in a little bunker in a church on a Sunday, and the whole world is going past 
our door and, you know, isn't that scary? Actually, the earth is the Lord's and we have the right, we have the authority to go out, walk around and proclaim, proclaim the gospel. Okay, so if you have Bibles or you have an iPad or an iPhone or uh, some other app with, with the Bible on, why don't you turn to Matthew 28, verse 18, and we'll read that together. Oh, was that rustling of paper I heard? Becky Webb. Matthew 28, verse 18 uh, through to 20 says this, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very ends of the age. And the context here is that Jesus um, Jesus has, has lived... His ministry had been going for three years. He'd been doing miracles. He'd been um, healing people. He'd been he'd been um, telling people the kingdom of God is near. He'd upset the religious leaders. They conspired with the Roman authorities to kill him. They crucified him on the cross. And um, the disciples that were with Jesus um, were upset by this. They, 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 they all all of what they thought was happening or was going to happen suddenly seemed to vanish, and they they ran away. And Jesus was dead. Everyone was ups- really upset. All of Jesus' disciples were really upset. And then, obviously, Jesus rose again. And he appeared to his disciples. He appeared to uh, the 12 disciples. And actually, the Bible says that he appeared to 500 people in that period of time after his resurrection before he ascended to heaven. So he was appearing to, to 500 people. And um, just before he ascended to heaven, he spoke to his disciples and he, and, and, he, and he told them this. He said, All authority in, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So just at that point where... So I don't know what the disciples were thinking. thinking, oh, thank goodness for that. We thought it was all over. We thought we'd been... We'd kind of swallowed a, a lie and it had all gone wrong. And now here's Jesus. He's back. He's risen. He's, you know, he, he's, not just, he's not just healed someone. He's risen from the dead. He's not just got authority over sickness, he's actually conquered death itself. And just before Jesus goes um, to heaven, he kind of leaves them his ongoing mandate. And the question is, does that apply to us? You know, that's a good question to ask. So there's Jesus, he's talking to his disciples in, um, you know, in the Middle East, in, in, in what I suppose is that modern day Palestine. Um, these, these, 12 people, and I don't know how many others, in the, on the day when, um, of Pentecost, there's 120 believers. So, who know, I don't, we don't know how many people are here at this time. But he speaks to them and he says, you know, you're going to carry on my mandate. Does that, so does it apply to us? Does this, is this passage even relevant to us? Um, and obviously I'm going to say yes, because um, he's told them, you're going to reach all the nations. And they didn't do that in their lifetime. They couldn't do that in their lifetime. There were nations... And that uh, not not um, political nations like ethnic groups that they probably they probably didn't even hear about in their lifetime. So the the mission goes on, and um, he told them to teach them everything that he had commanded them. So obviously the the mission like lived on beyond the disciples. It lives on today. We still haven't got to the point where the knowledge of the glory of the Lord has filled the whole earth, have we? 
you know, we're not at that point yet. So the mission carries on. This passage is just as relevant to us as it was to the disciples at that time. So basically, I want to ask three questions of this passage. Um, firstly, Jesus says he, he, he's got all authority. And I want us to look at what, what authority is that? What does that mean? What does all authority mean? Um, because it seems to be important. Because in the next verse, he says, therefore, go. Seems to be some kind of logical progression. Some, um, some, some, you know, some kind of logical reason that if Jesus has got all authority, then therefore we can go. So, let's look at what authority Jesus has, and then look at, well, what does he mean by therefore go? What authority do we have? What is he conferring upon us when he says that? And then I want us to look at, um, uh, the last part about making disciples and teaching people what, what Jesus, um, the, the things that Jesus commanded. Not like, how do we do that, but how do we do that with authority? What does that look like when we do that with this authority? So I just want to look at those three things. Um, keep it simple. And, um, and, and I want to encourage us, really, that we have authority to go. So, all authority has been given to me, Jesus said. What is this all authority that he's referring to? Well, first of all, we've got to define authority, haven't we? Before we can say, well, what's all authority? It's probably, probably good to have a working definition of what is authority. And I don't know if you've ever thought about that. You know, what does it mean for someone to have authority? What does it mean that my, you know, that I've got a boss at work? You know, what, what, what is the, what is the nature of that relationship? And authority really just means power. Um, in the New Testament, the word for authority that's, u- that's used most of the time is exousia, which also means power. And it's a, it's kind of a power to make decisions, a power to influence what happens, an expectation that people will do what you say and will obey you. Um, an expectation um, that, that doesn't always. If you're a parent, you'll know it doesn't doesn't always work like that. But um, but it's that expectation that 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 you know you've got power to make a decision and for other people to fall in line with that. And I guess in our kind of post-modern or post-post-modern society, um, we have a kind of a natural dislike of authority, don't we? If we're honest, we we, we kind of authority rubs us up the wrong way. Um, in the, you know, in the past, people li- liked that kind of hierarchical um, structure to society, and even to the point that soldiers wanted to have a gentleman as an officer. They didn't like to have a non-gentleman as an officer because they felt this is someone who knows what they're doing. They're educated, and they liked the the the, the um, comfort of a, of the hierarchy. But that all changed over the last couple of centuries, and people started questioning: Well, why do these people? Why are these people in charge of us? People like Karl Marx said, well, why? Well, they, they've just got more money and power and, and they should share that around a bit more. And, um, you know, there's no real reason for them to be, um, to have authority just because of, um, by right of birth. And, you know, and that's kind of now, actually, if you say, who's got, who's got power? Who's got authority in our society today? Well, it's consumerism. If you've got money, if you're the customer, the customer has the power, the customer has the authority. So, they're kind of, that's what authority means to us as a society. But what, what is all authority? Is that what Jesus is getting at in this passage? You know, is it, is it about consumerism? Is it about communism, Marxism? No. He's talking about all authority. And this is what um, Colossians 1 says. Colossians 1.15 says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, 
visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So all things, when Jesus is talking about all, all authorities, talking about all things, visible and invisible, the physical material created world and the invisible created world, the spiritual dimension. Thrones, human powers um, and authorities, spiritual powers um, and authorities. All of these things have been created by him and all these things have been created for him. He's the source. God is the source, the creator, and all things are subject to him. Job 38 writes that God actually writes the laws of nature. Scientists spend a long time trying to discover the laws of nature because they think we can work out how the universe works. Job says that, that, that God writes the, the, the laws that govern nature. He's the, he's, the, he's the author of those laws. And in Jesus we see all of that authority, we see what it looks like for someone to have all authority in kind of, in action. Jesus is kind of this action man of authority. Colossians 1, that verse there says, the Son is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is, is, is a physical representation of, of, of God the Father. He said to Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And, um, Jesus demonstrated this authority in his daily life when he walked on earth. He demonstrated this authority every day. He demonstrated authority over nature, didn't he? He stopped storms. There were storms that were threatening to, to tip his boat over. And um, he stopped them. He said, stop, and they stopped. He healed people who were sick. Um, you know, miracles. Uh, the laws of nature said, this person is sick. It's going to progressively get worse. Or, uh, or this person can't walk. And he intervened and he healed them and he completely, radically changed their circumstances. And there was one, there's a verse as well. It says when he was out, um, after he'd been tempted by the devil, after he was out in the, in the wilderness, it said angels attended him and he was with the wild animals, which um, I always think is quite interesting. He's even got kind of um, authority over, over animals that, you know, I'd be scared, I think, of, I don't know, I think they have bears and mountain lions and things. And, um, I've got a little bit of a, a little bit of a fear of dogs. But, you know, actually Jesus got authority over even the wild animals, um, that were around him. Jesus had authority in his knowledge and his teaching, didn't he? It says, he had words of knowledge. He would go up to people that he didn't know and he would tell them things about their lives that, that he couldn't have known. And as a way of demonstrating that, um, of kind of opening them up to, to, to God and to, um, to the Spirit. And he amazed people with his teaching because it says he taught as, with, as one with authority. That the other religious leaders just taught, but he taught with authority and people were attracted to that. And his wisdom delighted the, the crowds when he silenced the religious leaders who tried to trap him. And, um, he, and, and, they, and they couldn't because he was too clever for them. And also Jesus had power over, had authority over spiritual powers didn't he? He released the demonized, those who were um, suffering from spiritual oppression, like the man in the tombs. You know that story? There's the man and the, they, the, the community didn't know what to do with him. He was, he was demonized, he was tormented by spirits and he would, they tried to chain him up, he would break the chains, he would attack them, so they, they ostracized him and left him in these tombs and that's where he lived, completely naked and um, alone. And Jesus didn't just come across him, Jesus went out of his way to find this man and to set him free from a powerful de- uh, demonic oppression. And, um, and then that man, not only was, it says they found him in his right mind, but he would then went out, he wanted to tell people about what Jesus had done for him. 
And it says Jesus has authority for provision as well. So, you know, when there were 5,000 people, well, 5,000 men plus women and children who were hungry and had, you know, no Tesco Express to pop to to buy, you know, a sandwich, he fed them. He took one boy's pat lunch and he, by a miracle, fed, you know, over 5,000 people. He turned water into wine just so that the party could continue. And um, you had that miraculous catch of fish as well, what, you know, to, to bless the fishermen. You know, they'd been working hard, got nothing, and then Jesus comes along, they get a miraculous catch of fish. Business was good that day. Oh, and the donkey as well, thinking about provision. You know, Jesus needed a donkey to ride on. Go and, go and get that donkey, and if the person asks you, why are you taking it, just tell him the Lord needs it. That authority, why are you taking my donkey? You know, why, you, why have you got my car keys? Why are you getting into my car? Uh, the Lord needs it. Okay, fine. Take it. Do you know I mean there's a sense of authority that comes with that? And then political authority. Think of Jesus. Um, you know, Jesus oh, and went back to his hometown and they, they took a dislike to him and decided they're going to throw him off a hill. They're going to throw him off a cliff and kill him. And it says he just walked through the crowd. They couldn't grab him. They couldn't lay their hands on him because he had, he had authority to, over, over that situation in, in a, what I'm calling like a political situation. To walk through, or you think of Jesus with Pilate, um, you know this Roman governor who's going to um, who, want, who, who says to Jesus, "Look, uh, you know he felt Jesus was being a bit cheeky, and he said, i 'I've got the power over, of life and death over you. You know, you, you know, show me some respect, answer my questions, kind of thing.'" And Jesus says to him, "Look, you wouldn't have any power over me. You've only got the power that my Father has given to you. That sense of authority, actually, you know, God, the, my Father, God the Father is in control, and I've got I've got authority from Him. And you can threaten me, but you know, you might be a Roman governor, you might be incredibly powerful politically, but you know, it's it's it, it not going to make Jesus sweat." So Jesus demonstrated His authority and actually demonstrated to us God's authority in action every day of his life. And authority comes from somewhere, doesn't it? Authority is not kind of, it's not just, you know, oh, that's Steve Byrne, he's got authority because he's, you know, he's just kind of got a natural authority. Actually, authority comes from somewhere. You know, a legitimate authority comes from somewhere. Think of the lollipop lady. Um, do you like lollipop ladies? I'm kind of, you know, I should, you should like lollipop ladies because they're sweet. But sometimes they are quite annoying, aren't they? Because you're driving and you're thinking, you know, you're late for work and they step out with their lollipop and you've got to stop. You have to stop at that zebra crossing. And it seems like suddenly there's no kids and every kid from all of, every street around suddenly appears and starts, and they start running along to catch up. And you just have streams and streams of children and mums with buggies and you're kind of stuck there for what well, feels like 20 minutes, but I'm sure it's not that bad. But yeah, but that lollipop lady, you know, when I stopped my car, if I wanted to and carry on driving, she'd, you know, roll over my bonnet and car versus old lady, you know, it's, there's no match. But actually, you know, she has authority that's been invested in her by, you know, our government. And I respect that authority and stop my car. You know, so when she steps out and that 26 ton articulated lorry is, is, you know, heading down the road, even that lorry driver has to put his foot on the brake and stop for her. There's a, there, there's a power, there's an authority that comes from somewhere, you know, that's been invested. And all authority ultimately, so all authority in the world 
political authority, thrones, powers, spiritual authorities, all of that authority ultimately comes from God the Creator, who made it all, who wrote the laws, um, and who has the right to command obedience of all things to his will. But if, according to Colossians 1, so that verse that we read, Jesus is the Creator, and Jesus has all authority, everything's been created by him, everything's been created for him, for his glory... Why does Jesus then say to the disciples, um, all authority has been given to me? You know, if he had authority, why did he then say, well, authority has been given to me if he already had it? Um, which I'm sure is what you've all been thinking. Steve, why, you know. No? Okay. Well, you should have been thinking that. So, why does he say that? Well, firstly, godly authority was distorted by human sin and then was usurped by Satan. So Adam and Eve were entrusted with delegated authority from God in Genesis 1. In Genesis 1.26 it says, God said, let's make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may, may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and the wild animals, and over the creatures that move along the ground. So he's saying, let's give this authority. So we've created the universe, and then we've created people, not just you know, to look at, not just to be in, in creation, but to, to take, take part in ruling over it, take part in running things. And he gives them authority to do that. And, you know, when he says rule, that's not a negative thing, that's not a, a dominating thing. If you look it, at verse 28, he said, God says to um, the people, you know, be blessed, be fruitful, multiply, grow, fill the earth. So when, when we see godly authority in action, it's always with the purpose of blessing, of seeing increase, of seeing growth, of seeing good for things. So when, when, when God says to Adam and Eve, rule over this creation, he's saying, look after it. You know, let's see growth, let's see increase, let's see blessing, um, from that. And that's what he meddled, um, that's what he modeled. But then Satan comes along and he cons Adam and Eve. Um, out of their authority. He comes along and he, he makes them doubt God's faithfulness. He makes them doubt God's character. He says, did God really say that? Did God really say that you'd, that you'd die? And he, and he tries to be, he, he, he tries to convince Adam and Eve, look, God's trying to do you out of something here. He's, he's trying to pull a fast one. He's restricting you. Completely the opposite of what God actually said. Be blessed, grow, multiply. He said, no, God's trying to restrict you. God's trying to control you. God's trying to keep good things from you. You don't know it. And, um, you know, that's why he doesn't want you, that's why he doesn't want you to eat of the fruit of, um, the knowledge of good and evil. Because actually he doesn't want you to realize, you know, actually what he's been keeping from you. And things could be so much better. And they believed him. And they disobeyed God's command. And so they abdicated their authority that had been given to them by God. And they submitted themselves of their own will to Satan, to the devil. And it fractured their relationship with God the Father, obviously. And then after that, we see Satan is described as the God of this world, as the prince of this world, the prince of this age. He usurps that authority and takes over um, a, a kind of authority for creation. And we ourselves are subject to him and his authority. So when Jesus died on the cross, he died to remedy the problem that Adam and Eve had created, the problem of their rebellion. Colossians 1 says, uh, goes on to say, For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, in Jesus that is, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his body, 
and making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Now, uh, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Not only does Jesus reconcile us to God by taking our punishment on the cross, but he reconciles us to all, he reconciles God to all things. He reconciles God to um, all of creation. And Hebrews 2 tells us that he rescues us um, and rescues creation from the power of the devil and his hold over us. And that Satan no longer has authority over us. And that death, you know, you know what Paul says, death, where is your sting? Death hasn't got any sting for us anymore. We don't have to fear death anymore. We're in Christ. We're new creations. The old has gone and the new has come. So that's the first reason why Jesus says it's been given to me, because he's, he's, he's um, kind of recaptured, rescued what was lost by people. And secondly, we see that Jesus actually willingly submits, submits to his father's authority. That um, So when he says, all authority has been given to me, that he's put himself in a position where he is sub, sub, submitting to the father and um, willing to receive from him. He's not proud, saying, well, I've done it. All authority, I've, uh, you know, has come to me because I've done it. No, but he's put, he's humble and he's put himself in a place, um, of receiving from the Father. You know, Philippians 2 said, he didn't consider equality with God something to be held on to, something to be seized, but he gave it up and humbled himself to become a man, even to die on the cross. So he, he puts himself in that place of receiving from the Father, and um, it's an act of love, completely opposite to what Adam and Eve did in terms of mistrust, unbelief, you know, thinking actually God's not got my best interests at heart, he's trying to diddle me out of something here. Actually putting him in that place of, you know, love, uh, you know, loving, loving the Father, an act of love, an act of trust, an act of faith. And that's how God, that's how godly authority works. You know, that's how when we look around the church, when we look, that's how we should see it working. That that those that lead are in it for the good of of those that they're that they're leading, that they're there to for their benefit, for their growth, to serve them, and um, those that are being led submit willingly as an act of love and in response to God's authority, recognition of God's ultimate authority. In fact, Ephesians even tells us, doesn't it, to f- submit to one another. So you know that's. There's no hierarchy there. There's no sense of, you know, who's in charge. I don't know if you've ever read the passage about David's mighty men. It seems like they're all in charge. One moment this person's in charge, but he's not actually part of the, 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 the kind of inner crew. He, but he was just there at the time and then they, they followed him and they're all leading each other depending on the situation, depending on, you know, who's, who was the right man for the job. There's no hierarchy at all, um, in the kingdom. And, um, we're told to submit to human authority as well. Peter tells us that for the Lord's sake. Um, so again, in recognition of the fact that God, the Father, has instituted human authority, you know, human insta- um, political governors, that we should submit to them for the Lord's sake, in recognition of Him, not in recognition particularly of of the of the Prime Minister, but in, in you know to honour God who's, who's instituted that authority. But we're also free free not to submit, aren't we? So when so Peter, who said that, when he was hauled up in front of the Sanhedrin, which was like a ruling body, for talking about Jesus and told, don't talk about Jesus anymore, we don't like it, he said to them, sorry, we have to obey God, not men. So he was free not to submit when 
what, what, that, what that authority was asking them to do was contrary to the gospel and contrary to God. So, to summarise, Jesus, who is part of God's of the God community, part of part of that Godhead, um, he already had all authority. He gave up his right to hold on to that authority. He obeyed his Father in order to become a man, and he demonstrated God's complete authority in every area of his life, culminating in the ultimate act of trust: his death on the cross. At the cross, he took our punishment for our rebellion. Um, and our unbelief, and he broke the authority of Satan over us, setting us free from the bondage we had placed ourselves under, and enabling us to be reconciled to God, and to reconnect with him as our loving father. But not only that, he has reconciled all of creation back to God, restoring the authority that Adam and Eve had squandered, and making a way for everyone to come, whatever their background, uh, um, however Tightly they feel they're being held by sin and Satan. His power is broken. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Those who are in Christ are new creations. The old has gone and the new has come. That's my summary of what I just said. So there's a summary. Right, so all authority. Jesus has been given all authority over everything. I hope you got that point. Therefore, go. And I want to ask now, what is the therefore Therefore, why does Jesus say therefore? Um, it, it implies that um, you know the fact that He's been given all authority has some kind of uh, knock-on effect for us. Well, I want to I want to I want to make two suggestions. The first is that He's saying therefore, the plan to bless all of the nations and to see My glory reach the ends of the world hasn't changed. So, you know, I remember I said the disciples at one point were questioning, well, what's going on? And the reason they were questioning that is because Jesus had spent a lot of time telling them about what was going to come. He said, um, he said to them, look, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He's going to remind you what I taught you. You're going to do greater works than me. Um, you're, you know, even greater things. You're going to do my works and even greater things you're going to do when I've gone. He said to them, you must testify about me. And he he prayed for those who would believe because of their message, that when they went out and told people about Jesus, told people the gospel, that Jesus said there's going to be people that believe your message and I'm praying for them. So there's this sense in which the you know this 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 idea of a mission that Jesus has given them in this passage, therefore go, it's not going to catch the disciples out by surprise, you know, it's not going to catch them by surprise. They would have been expecting it. He'd already told them, actually, I'm not just about you guys. I'm not even just about Israel. I'm about bringing God's love, God's kingdom to the ends of the earth. Because that was the original promise to Abraham, that through your children, Abraham, I'm going to bless the whole world. I'm going to bless every nation. Again, every ethnic group, every family. That was the promise. And when Jesus, when those people were in Nazareth wanted to throw Jesus off the cliff, the reason they did it, they liked it when he was talking about from the, from the Bible until he got to the point where he said, actually, it's not just about you guys. It's about the other nations. That's, they didn't like that. That's when they wanted to throw him off the cliff. So Jesus is all about his kingdom going to the ends of the earth and impacting every nation, every family group, every person. Um, 
And so therefore, when he says therefore, that's what he's reminding them. Don't forget, I've told you, you know, this is the mission. I've told you that what's going to happen. And therefore, all authority has been given to me. Death has been defeated. It's time to put it into action. It's time to go. But he's also saying, therefore, go in my authority. That's, 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 that's the main um, implication here, that all authority has been given to me. Therefore, you can go. You can go out. And you're not just going out um, hoping for the best. You're going out in my authority. Because there's a relationship between responsibility and authority, isn't it? If you've got a job to do, you also need the authority to carry it out. Um, I don't know if... Have we got any managers here? Anyone that manages anyone? Yeah? No? There's a few nervous people. Yeah? If you're a manager, it's easy to give people jobs, isn't it? We like giving people jobs. Because, you know, it means that we've got less to do. Can you please go and get that? Can you tidy this? Can you... You know, whatever it is. It's not so nice giving people authority. Saying, and actually, do you know what? You, you know, here's the budget, you can spend the money to get whatever you need to get. You know, giving people the authority to do the job is a little, is a little bit more, is a little bit more um, risky. Can you see the screen? Have you got that picture? This is a picture of someone who has been given a job to do, but hasn't been given the authority to carry it out. Can you, I don't know, can you see that? It's a donkey looking rather alarmed because his cart is so heavy that his feet aren't touching the ground. Can you see that? That's, that's, that's a person who's got a, a job to do, but he hasn't got the power, hasn't got the authority to carry it out. And that's where we would be if Jesus doesn't give us his authority to go out into the world. We'd be like that. We'd be completely helpless and completely useless. And actually, so when Jesus says, all authority has been given to me, now go, he's not just saying, I'm giving you back the authority I gave to Adam and Eve you know, that you're now you know, in charge of creation. Actually, we get all of Christ's um, authority. Uh, it says we're, we get all of the tools to do the job. We're, we're Christ's ambassadors. Um, it says in 2 Corinthians, he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. This me- message of reconciliation has been given to us, therefore we're Christ's am- ambassadors. We go in his name. And that's why Jesus said in John, whatever you ask for in my name, I'll do it. Which sounds, I don't know, do you sometimes pray those prayers like a formula? Lord Jesus, please heal Steve in your name, Lord, in your name, Lord Jesus, amen. Because you've been, I don't know, I was taught at Sunday school, that's how you end your prayers. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. Do you know what I mean? It's like a formula. But actually, when Jesus says, whatever you ask for in my name, he's saying, in my authority. I'm giving you my authority. A few months, I think a couple of months ago, I spoke about Mordecai and Esther. And Mordecai was given the king's ring. And it was the king's signet ring. And what it meant that any laws that Mordecai made on the king's behalf and stamped, with the ring, sealed with the ring, was law. He had the king's authority. And when Jesus says, whatever you ask for in my name, it's like he's given us that ring and that we can command things in his name. And it's like, when we say in the name of Jesus, it's like a stamp, it's like a seal from the king that, that shows that we have the authority um, to, 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 to do that, to command that sickness to be healed or to ask for that those car keys or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, so... Uh, that, so yeah, Jesus, uh, whatever we ask for in his name as his ambassadors. But we're more than just ambassadors, aren't we? We're, more, we're not just employees. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're in him. We're part of the royal household. We carry a royal authority. His name isn't a formula or a magic word for us. It's a symbol of who we are. So when we say in the name of Jesus, it's a symbol of the authority that's in us because it's in our DNA, because we're part of the royal household. There's a story in Acts, I don't know if you know it, about the seven sons of Sceva. 
you heard that story? Paul used to pray for people in the name of Jesus and see them healed and see them delivered from demons. And there was these seven blokes who thought, that looks like a good idea. If we say in the name of Jesus, then we can uh, command demons and we can heal people and maybe make some money. And so um, they went up to this guy and they said to him, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, because they didn't know Jesus themselves, in the name of this Jesus whom Paul preaches, you know, um, get out. And the evil spirit, it says, answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I know about, but who are you? Like, and, then he, and then he beat them up. So this guy beat up these seven brothers and it says they ran from the house bleeding and naked. They got such a good... Uh, they got such a beating. So there's a sense in which it's not, it's not a formula. We don't just say, in the name of Jesus, and, and it's a formula. But actually, it's part of who we are. The, the evil spirit knew Jesus, and the evil spirit knew who Paul was, because they had, they had legitimate authority, but these guys didn't. They were trying to use it uh, like some kind of formula. And not so with us. Okay, so three. Verses 19 and 20. Make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. How do we carry out this mandate then with all authority? Jesus is saying to us, well, I've got all authority, therefore you can go out, you can go out with confidence, you can go out with my authority in all of those areas. Um, how do we carry out this mandate with that authority? How do we make disciples and baptize people and um, teach people about Jesus with that authority. And I want to suggest uh, three things. Firstly, um, we need to do it with, in a way that um, honours people, that authority has to honour people. We often talk in this church about a culture of honour. But as I've said, the mandate of creation was to see growth and to see um, abundance. Jesus said, I've come to give life and life in all its fullness, in life in all its abundance. That's the mandate. So that authority is, is, uh, that, that we've been given, um, that's, what, that's, um, it should, it, that's what it should produce. Abundance and growth and blessing. It's not there for the, for the person. It's not there for the, for the person in authority. You know, in, in, when we look in the world, when we look at other, other social structures, people want power. They want authority because it means I can boss people around. I can get people to do the jobs I don't want to do. I, you know, I, I can feel like I've climbed the ladder socially. I'm over people. And, um, Jesus pointed this out to his disciples in Matthew 20. He called his disciples together and he said, look, you know the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. That sense that they lord it, they dominate people, the people that are under them. They exercise, they wield is another way of translating that. They wield authority, use it for their own ends. But Jesus says, not so with you. And if you aspire to any leadership in this church or you know, in, in, in the kingdom of God, this is, this is what Jesus says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So, that's that. So, we've, so in the church, in the kingdom, that's what we should see. We should see people who, leaders who serve, um, not leaders who, who use authority for their own ends but who, who are there to honour 
those that they that they lead, or, um, to serve those that they lead, even to be their slave, to be the slave of those that they lead, um, just like Jesus who came to serve and not to be served. And that's quite radical, really. Um, it's not even just being nice to get things done. You know, sometimes managers are nice; they buy the cakes because you know they want to motivate, they want to they want to build morale. It's not even that. It's a, it's a completely different paradigm. You know that those who have authority, they've got that authority not for themselves, not for any other reason, but to serve and to and to and to bless those that they serve and to see those that they serve grow and develop and prosper and enter into that abundance. And then secondly, I want to suggest that um, the way we carry out this mandate with authority is by honouring godly authority. So Jesus was quite clear that he submitted to the Father's authority. They didn't do anything on his own, but he did it um, uh, according to you know what the Father had 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 said. He said, "I don't do." I am. Um, uh, he said something like that. Really important, but I've forgotten. No, he said. Um, he said, "I don't. I, I only do what I see my father. Do, what I see my father doing. You know, I don't make things up. I see what my father's doing, and I and I follow him." And actually, there's a story about a centurion who meets, meets with Jesus and says, "Look, um, you know, can you heal my servant?" And Jesus said, "Yeah, I'll come and heal your servant." He says, "Well, you don't need to come. You know, I'm a man under. I, I'm a man under authority myself." Um, and I say to my soldiers, "Come," and they come, and I say to them, "Go," and they go. Um, and there's this sense that you know he doesn't say I have authority like you Jesus and I boss I tell people around but he understood that I am a man under authority that in order to have authority you have to be under authority and I can say to this person go because actually my order comes not just from me but it's from the power invested in me by for him the Roman army and the Roman state but for Jesus obviously it was from the father he was submitted to the father and he was and the, the centurion recognized that Jesus was under authority and in order to exercise authority you have to be under authority and so, as a church, we need to be those that recognise godly authority and willingly submit to it. And when I say godly authority, obviously, I mean that authority that is there to serve, to bless, and to release um, into uh, God's promises. Cool. I've no idea what the time is. Right, okay, time to finish. It's time to finish. Okay, so the last, the last point. How, how else do we, how, do, how else do we carry out the mandate with authority, with, with this, with this authority that Jesus gives? And, um, I just want to, I just want to, uh, simple one to end. By remaining in Him, Jesus says, He says, um, at the end, He says, um, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So even though He was, be, he was ascending to heaven, actually it was a promise that He was going to be with them and He's going to be with us. Wherever we go, whichever situation we're in, wherever we end up, He's with us um, by his Holy Spirit. And that actually, because he's with us, um, there is, you know, that, there, there, there is that, that, that safety, that protection. And actually Jesus said, didn't he, in John, he said, um, remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. You must remain in the vine. Um, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So there's that, there's, there's that, um, 
So basically Jesus said, we have to remain in him, we have to stay close to him. All of that authority has to flow, that flows from us, has to flow firstly from him. Um, Otherwise, we're like, if we're not in him, if we're not connected to him, if we're not in relationship with him, that branch, it's like a branch that's been cut off and left on the floor, it's withering and dying, it's got no life in it, it won't produce any fruit. And if we're going to produce the fruit that we've been called to produce, to baptise people, to see people saved added into the church, added into the kingdom, to see people um, healed, uh, to see life changed, turned around um, to, uh, and, um, through you know, Jesus' teaching, then we, if we're going to see that fruit, we have to stay uh, connected to Jesus. It has to come out of our relationship with him um, and from nowhere, nowhere else. Cool. So, that's it. Do you want to stand? I'll pray for us. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where you're at uh, today. I don't know. Um, I don't know if you're feeling full of authority, raring to get back to the office tomorrow, because you know you're you're going to exercise some of that spiritual authority. You want to pray for all the sick people. You want to, um, you know, you want to start baptizing people. In the canal or something outside work, you know, you can see people say, stop baptizing them in the canal or, you know, you want to get on with the mission. But I don't, so I don't know how you feel. Um, I, my guess is that most of us probably don't feel like that. It's, it's you know, it is, it's a, it's a, it is a scary challenge. And, um, you know, as I'm sure the guys who went out into the streets a few weeks ago will tell you, um, expo- uh, approaching strangers to talk to them about Jesus, it's scary. Um, and that's, and Jesus expected that. That's why he said to them, I'm with you. I'm with you, even to the ends of the age. Whichever situation you get yourself into, I'm there with you. And um, I don't know, maybe you feel in bondage, spiritual bondage today. Maybe you've, maybe you've never been set free from, from the authority of Satan. You feel bound by sin, bound by Satan, and you need spiritual release. Or maybe there's, there's areas where you know, actually, that you, you've got authority in that area, but it doesn't seem to have clicked into reality. Maybe you need healing, physical healing. You need some of that, that authority over nature that Jesus had. You need healing. Maybe you, maybe you're afraid. I'm going to, res- I'm going to respond to my own sermon because, um, you know, I, I shouldn't, I don't, I don't have to be afraid of dogs. I was attacked by a dog. Um, actually, interestingly enough, I was attacked by a dog and my mum had said to me, if ever, you know, you're scared, just command in the name of Jesus. So this, uh, long, cut long story short, this dog, these kids let this dog go, and you know when it's going to happen. On this field, I was cutting across at night to save time, anyway, to get home sooner. And these little kids had this big kind of pit bull type dog, and um, they decided to let it go. And I heard it running towards me from behind, barking and growling. And I turned around, and as it kind of went to jump up at me, and it didn't look very friendly. Um, I said, in the name of Jesus, sit down. That's all I knew. I said, in the name of Jesus, and it did sit down. <laughs> and it just looked at me. And it got up again. And, went, and I said, in the name of Jesus, sit down. And it sat down again. And then the kids came over and grabbed it. And I was like, oh, you should keep your dog on a lead. And I ran away. <laughs> but ever since then, but ever since then, I've had a bit of a, this fear of dogs. It's interesting. I, I haven't been afraid of dogs. And then while I was preparing, it, preparing this sermon about authority, suddenly I, I noticed dog and I was feeling a bit on edge. So it's funny. So I'm going to respond to my own sermon. I, I, I am going to be released from that fear. I believe that um, there's authority there.
Maybe you need provision. Maybe you think, oh, I'm in this on my own and, you know, I'm trying to do God's work, but I've got enough, that many pressures. And actually, God says to you, Jesus says to you, you're on my mission and, um, you know, it's, I, I can provide for you. I have the authority to provide whatever you need. Food and finances and cars and rooms and whatever you need. Or maybe you're intimidated by people in authority. Well, I joked earlier about going back to work, but actually maybe your boss intimidates you. Maybe there are people in authority who really intimidate you. And actually, there's a way of, you know, you need to honour them and honour the authority that God has instituted, but you don't have to be intimidated, just like Jesus facing death with a Roman governor and, and being able to say, actually, you've got power, but it's the power that my father's given to you. Completely unfazed. So I don't know, maybe maybe any of those areas. If that's you, then I'll put my hands out. Why don't you put your hands out and I'll just pray for us. And I'm going to pray for us as a church as well. That actually in this new season, as we, uh, that we, as we go out, that actually his authority, um, that we'll go out in his authority. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're here. I thank you that for that promise that you will be with us even to the end of the age. Lord, I thank you there's nowhere we can go. Lord, there's nowhere we can run from your spirit. Lord, we can't escape from you. You're with us. Lord, I thank you that, um, Lord, that you, I thank you, Lord, for this mandate to go and make disciples. Lord, it isn't, it's, it, Lord, it's, it's a privilege. Lord, it's not, a, it's not a burden. It's a privilege. Lord, to be brought in to your family, to be, to be brought into your, your family business. Lord, of saving people, of setting people free, of changing the world. Lord, one person at a time. Lord, thank you, Lord, for bringing us into that. Lord, and for giving us a part to play in that, for trusting us with that, Lord. We want to be those that trust you. Lord, that trust that you have the be- your, our best interest in heart, at heart, who submit to you, to your authority, that follow you. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that, Lord, for those of us, Lord, who are, who feel in some kind of spiritual bondage, some kind of spiritual oppression, Lord, we pray freedom, Lord. We say freedom in the name of Jesus from those areas. Lord, for those, Lord God, who are, who don't know you, Lord, bring them into that relationship with you, that they would know you and know complete um, freedom, Lord, from that, from the evil one and from his kingdom. Lord, we pray, Lord, for those, Lord God, who need release from fear. Whatever it is, any, any fear, Lord, any irrational fear, any superstitious fear, Lord, we pray for release in the name of Jesus. Lord, release in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray, Lord God, for those that need physical healing. Come. And we command healing in the name of Jesus. We lift up the name of Jesus as our, our ring, our sign of, of our authority, and we command healing. We command provision where provision is needed. We command money where people need money. Lord, where people need uh, um, some kind of provision from you, we command it in your authority. We lift up the name of Jesus as a sign of the, the authority that's been invested in us. In Jesus' name. Lord, and be with each one of us. Lord, as we go out, we pray, Lord, this, this week, Lord, even this week, Lord, we go out with a new sense of our authority in you. Lord, that when we get opportunities to speak about you, to pray for people, Lord, that, 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 that there'd be a swelling in the chest. Lord, and there'd be a real sense, Lord God, there'd be no intimidation, Lord, a real sense, Lord, that we have authority to speak out, we have authority to extend your kingdom, we have authority to speak about you, um, even when uh, maybe it's not the done thing, in, and, uh, and other, um, you know, people wouldn't usually speak out about, they wouldn't like to talk about politics and religion or whatever it is, Lord, but there would just be a, a new sense of, of authority to be able to speak out your gospel and to pray for people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
If you do want prayer for anything, then do come and uh, I'm sure there'll be some of us here that would love to pray for you.